what Baltimore Ravens should you be selling right now? Like, I mean, right now before his dynasty value absolutely tanks. All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome into the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, everybody. I am Kate Majuk. You could follow me on Twitter at FFBallBlast. As always, I am joined by this beautiful face, Marcus Mosier. You could follow him on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Do not miss a single show. Be sure to hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening to your fantasy football podcast. And hit us up on YouTube because you're going to get a look at that beautiful face that I just mentioned here. We are uh, uploading our shows to YouTube. You can watch all the live reactions. You can watch my jaw drop to the floor every time Marcus mentions that Joe Mixon is a dynasty buy. Uh, <laughs> you can see the look on my face. So don't forget to subscribe. We're going to help you build the ultimate dynasty roster. Marcus, happy holiday weekend. We're heading into Memorial Day. Uh, and we've got another team preview here. We're going to wrap up the AFC North today with the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. And I'm really excited to do it because this is one of the more unique offenses in the NFL, right? Uh, they, they run the ball like crazy. They really don't have a receiver that you feel great about, but they have the number one scoring tight end of the league last year. I'm excited to get into it, Kate. This should, it should be a lot of fun. Let's start with a buy. Let's be positive. Which player are you going to go out this weekend and send some offers about. I'm actually like I, I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but I'm buying Lamar Jackson. Yeah, that was mine as well. You know, I think it, it's you know looking through all of these guys. Um, I actually had a lot of buys in this offense, mostly because I think the Ravens, just in general, uh, from a dynasty perspective, are coming up as values for me based on upside. Uh, Lamar Jackson, we already know his his upside in his first two seasons as an NFL quarterback. He was a QB one 77 percent of the time. That is ridiculous. That is a ridiculously safe floor. Last year, we saw that, you know, tempered down a little bit. Wasn't playing his best football. But, I, you know, again, the the Ravens, they have a very unique offense that's so suited to Lamar Jackson, he still uh, had plenty of upside, had nearly a 50-point performance mm -hmm. in 2021. So looking at what he did, he was a QB1 about half of his games last year where he wasn't injured, now had the season-ending season ankle injury. Um, and, you know, he wasn't quite right after that. It, you know, it, it just didn't, didn't work out, right? And... I don't know. I, I have a feeling that he is going to come back and bounce back with a vengeance. It's just really hard to find a quarterback whose value is uh, upside is so tremendously high. Um, you know, dating back to the 2019 season, he said 16 performances of 30 or more points. Like that's incredible. I, I, like for where you're getting him in terms of upside, he's no longer valued as this top three quarterback he's no longer the hot item and I, I think that kind of comes down to his contract situation question marks there the the way he ended last year I just don't think that he's being valued for his upside right now and I think you can get him um 
below his actual, you know, value here in a trade. Yeah. And I, I think that's the, the key part, right? Because there's such a clear cut tier when it comes to quarterbacks, right? It's Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, however you want to kind of separate those two. Yeah. And then there's Justin Herbert. And then we get into Lamar Jackson as QB four right now, Joe Burrow, Kyler Murray. Some people really like Deshaun Watson still, Dak Prescott. I think depending on the owner, some people will view him as QB3, QB4. Some might view him as QB7. That's a huge value. And I, I just – I don't think there's that big of a difference, Kate, between, you know, Lamar – whoever you want to say QB3 is and Lamar Jackson. And, in fact, we know that when Lamar is healthy, like he's going to – he can outscore Patrick Mahomes in any given season because he's done it before. He can outscore Josh Allen because he's done it before. It's why, for me, he's the biggest buy as well. Yeah, I I just think this comes down to, uh, you know, value in terms of upside. That's where it comes down to me. Average still 27 points per game, uh, you know, over the the first 10 weeks of last season. Lamar Jackson, you can have questions about the, the receiving weapons and all that, especially with the departure of Marquise Brown. But honestly, like, who is who has Lamar Jackson really been throwing to throughout his career that you would have, you know, tiers above? Yeah. Rashad, like, I, I think obviously Rashad Bateman very raw. We're hearing some interesting things coming out of OTAs on the initial reports here, but I don't think the crew that Lamar Jackson is playing with right now is all that different than what nope. he's been playing with nope. throughout his career. So. Uh- I'm eliminating I got those question you, marks. Notice okay. that for you. Since 2019, when Lamar became a full-time starting quarterback, because remember, he only started halfway through the season in 2018. So since he became a starting quarterback, no quarterback in the league has averaged more fantasy points per game. And that includes Justin Herbert, who averaged 22. Patrick Mahomes, who averages 22. Deshaun Watson, 22. Josh Allen, 22. Lamar Jackson is a full point per game better than those quarterbacks over the last three seasons. And I know last year wasn't quite as good as we were hoping for, but it just shows you what the ceiling is, right? And he's still incredibly young. He's 25 years old. Uh, and he's nuts. It's nuts. It feels like he has to be like 40 at this point. I don't know. It, and the good news is, yes, they lost Hollywood Brown, but Rashad Bateman in year two, the offensive line, Kate, I mean, they couldn't have been more decimated by injuries last year with Ronnie Stanley going down, Tyree Phillips, Bradley Bozeman. They got the best center in the draft. They got they brought in two new right tackles, Morgan Moses and Jawan James. Like that offensive line, I'm not going to say it's great, but it's significantly improved. Would it shock you if Lamar Jackson leads all quarterbacks in fantasy points this year? Because it wouldn't be because we've seen it before. We've seen it before. It, it's it's not hard to fathom whatsoever. Even after uh, in a really just rough season for Lamar Jackson last year, he still ranks second at the quarterback position in rushing yards. And I think like that is a testament to his upside. Uh, you know, the, the fact that he still managed to finish as the quarterback 15 playing only 15 games and having it kind of rough as a pass, he ranked 30th in completion percentage, 25th in passing yards, 23rd in passing touchdowns, and still finished as the QB 15 with a four or with a 12 game sample size. Like 
that tells you everything you need to know for me. Are you worried about Lamar Jackson at all sitting out OTAs and kind of going through a contract dispute? Because I'm not. I'm 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 not. I I think uh, you know we we've seen enough from Lamar Jackson that I'm not I'm not concerned that the team is not going to want to pay him. You you took him in the first round so you could get that fifth year option and figure out what you have. I don't really think you need that fifth year option yep. uh, to, to figure out what you have in Lamar Jackson. Um, you've literally hand tailored an offense around this quarterback. I don't think they're looking to lose him. I think uh, it it's just going to come down to when does he feel respected uh, as a, as a quarterback. And I, I don't, I just don't have concerns. Um, I, I, I don't have concerns. He'll be back by training camp and he'll be fine. He'll be healthy. He'll be ready to go. And this won't be a, a concern at all. In fact, this is the time to buy right? Because the Lamar Jackson owner might be a little nervous about the contract situation. Him not practicing, go out and buy Lamar Jackson right now. Yep. All right. Let's, uh, let's take a quick break so we can tell you guys about athletic greens. I've been on athletic greens for about three months now, and I absolutely love it. It has a very mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to, to drinking every single morning. So what's in this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins and minerals to help start your day off, right? It costs you less than $3 a day, and you're investing in your health. I know I feel better. I know I have a lot more energy in the morning. Uh, so I, I, again, I, I really, really love this stuff. Uh, right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially with us heading into cold and flu season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, Kate, let's talk about a dynasty sell for the Baltimore Ravens. I've got a feeling you and I are going to have the same person, but what are your thoughts? All right, so I actually, I've had some trouble here. I've uh, I think I know who your guy is, Marcus. Yeah. Uh, Can we just I get into it? Guy. Let's get into it. I'm. I had this person who I think you're going to say as a hold. So I want to see if you can push me into the cell sure. column. Who is it, Marcus? It's J.K. Dobbins, and I should there start with this. I love. I love the player coming out of college. I love what we saw from him as a rookie. It's just the situation is not ideal. Right, we're going into year three now, and we really don't know what we have. And he's been somebody who tore his ACL. Um, even just a couple of weeks ago, John Harbaugh was talking about the injury and if he'll be ready for camp. And it's he kind of hemmed and hawed around, like, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. You know, he's not quite ready yet. That's concerning, right? If you tear your your ACL in August and you're still not ready to work out as we're going into June. I'm a little, a little concerned about that. Um, on top of that, they have Gus Edwards, who we know is highly efficient whenever he plays. He's also coming back from injury. And the Ravens actually gave him a contract extension last year. Like, they are invested in him. They drafted a runner, running back in the draft this year, Tyler Beatty. 
Uh, they signed Mike Davis in free agency after the draft. And then on top of that, Kate, the situation, yes, he's going to be highly efficient whenever he plays, but they just don't feed one running back. We went back and looked at the numbers, and the last running back to get over, was it 205 touches for them, was Justin Forsett in 2014. Like, it's been a long time since this team just relies on one back. And I just don't see that happening with J.K. Dobbins coming off an injury. Marcus, I think the most startling stat, and it comes off the back of the one that you just mentioned, the most startling stat is the fact that Ray Rice was the last running back to have at least 250 carries. That is freaking bonkers. Like, 250 carries, it's a lot of carries, it's a lot of touches, but it's definitely not an unreasonable amount of touches. It's not a Derrick Henry workload. 250 touches. That's like pretty, okay. Like not not It's a a good amount, right? It's a good amount, but it's not unreasonable. Um, You know, and that is what is kind of startling for me is it like, I, I don't know, like Antonio Gibson had, 258 touches last year or rushes mm-hmm. rushing attempts last year and it you know it, it didn't feel like he was he was overdoing it so it's just kind of crazy the environment is perfect for efficiency like you mentioned it is um there's just never going to be a, a situation where you look at jk dobbins and you don't think well he could easily probably hit that six yards per rush attempt like he did in his rookie season. I mean, out of all running backs in his rookie season, played 15 games, um, had 160 fantasy points that averages out like 11 per game. Not not stellar, but literally led all running backs in yards per rush attempt, six yards per rush attempt. Yep. Uh, and just – like it seems like he could easily repeat that. He's got speed. Uh, he's got the breakaway run ability, and he's got a perfect system. But again, it comes down to questions about his health. Because, uh, you know, and maybe this is uh, an interesting uh, discussion to have in terms of how much does his lack of immediate value impact his dynasty value? Like if he was healthy and you knew he was healthy and you knew he was rehabbing and and going to be ready to go. Um, And those conversations with Harbaugh had gone differently. How much do you think his, his value would look different for you? I'm not sure that it would. I mean, we're currently on dynasty league football. He is running back 13. And that just seems so high for a running back that we've seen so little of. And again, I'm going to come back to the situation. The Ravens want to use a lot of running backs. Like they pride themselves in being a running back by committee. We talked about his efficiency. Go look at Gus Edwards' efficiency, whatever he's played. Like he's been just as efficient. I think J.K. Dobbins is going to continue to be a really good player. It's just figuring out the weeks to start him is going to be nearly impossible because there will be weeks where he has 18, 19 touches. There might be other weeks where he has 11 touches and it's Gus Edwards that gets the goal line work or it's Lamar Jackson that just vultures all that stuff. So I'm not trying to take away J.K. Dobbins' talent or dismiss any of that. I just, 
I, I truly wonder what he would have to do to become an RB1. And he's basically being valued as a low RB1, RB1 right now. And I just – I don't see that happening. For Mark Ingram to be an RB1, was it 2019? He had to score 15 touchdowns uh, on 225 touches or whatever. Is J.K. Dobbins going to do that? Probably not. I mean, he would almost have to in order to return value for what he's being drafted as right now. Yeah, I mean, even in his rookie season, uh, you know, for as fantastic as he was, the workload wasn't there. He only had two performances where he finished as a RB1 in any given week, um, which doesn't feel like a lot. But his last game of of his rookie season scored 28 fantasy points. So felt like he went out on a high and we were ready to, to start going. It was against the Cincinnati Bengals defense, who at that time couldn't stop any run. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think looking at, um, you know, the the overall potential for volume or lack thereof, because I think that's the that's the biggest issue here. It's not the player. If we could, you know, take J.K. Dobbins and put him in pretty much any other offense, I think we'd be singing a much different tune. I agree. Even um, if but, even if it came at the expense of the efficiency, right? Even if his yards per carry dropped by a whole yard and a half, I think you'd trade that for the extra touches, right? Absolutely. And I, you know, the the number of weapons, their willingness to spread the ball around, it's it's just it's really really tough. Um, you know, looking at what he did, uh, you know, in terms of his his rushing production 890 yards total uh, throughout the playoffs Gus Edwards wasn't that far behind 803 rushing yards uh, throughout J.K. Dobbins rookie season like I do think this is probably going to continue to be like a 1A 1B 1C you know etc etc conversation I think you might have pushed me into the cell I was holding just based on the question marks of of his injury and sort of, you know, if he is going to be healthy, if we get some positive news, is that going to maybe temporarily inflate his value to a good selling point for me? Um, but I think I'll just, I'll sell him all I can. Uh, and we should also mention, like, I think he's a good receiver, but he's in an offense that doesn't throw the ball to the, to the running backs. Right. I mean, he had, was it 20, uh, he had 24 targets during his rookie season in 15 games. Now, I think that's going to go up a little bit. We've seen Lamar a little bit more likely to throw to running backs, but this is not somebody who's going to catch 40 to 50 passes a season, right? And if that's the case, you better be scoring a bunch of touchdowns and you better get the volume in the run game, and I just don't see it. Uh, they've got a lot of running backs that they like. Uh, Justice Hill also coming back from injury. We'll see about Tyler Beatty, who is really a third-down specialist, but – yeah, I think J.K. Dobbins is a pretty easy sell. One more stat for you, Kate, before we move on. In the 15 games that he played as a rookie, in eight of those games, he had nine or fewer carries. That's my concern, right? There could be games in which he gets 22 carries. There could be games where he gets eight carries, and they're riding Gus Edwards because he has a hot hand in that game. Or they're down, and they have to throw a bunch. It's my concern. I I 100% agree. It's... Uh, it, it's not a good place to be if you're a J.K. Dobbins manager. But I think this is one of those those moments where the dynasty community is so high on a prospect in general, which everybody is on J.K. Dobbins, 
Um, and I think that kind of, you know, inflates the value a bit beyond what the current situation dictates it should be. And that's, I, that is the issue. Agree. All right, let's uh, move on to our dynasty hold. Um, you mentioned yours was J.K. Dobbins. Do you want to? Do you want to switch it? Do you have somebody else? No, I. I, I got mean, one. I, I don't. Okay, okay. Let's hear it. It's Rashad Bateman. Um, I was kind of neutral on Rashad Bateman as a prospect coming into the draft, but he's currently being drafted as wide receiver twenty-two. I don't know that I would go out and trade him for him at that price. But I'm not really selling either because I'm I'm intrigued because there's a lot of targets open now that Hollywood Brown is gone. And also, let's remember, Rashad Bateman's rookie season was a wild one, right? Because he got hurt uh, in training camp. He had the – I believe it was a sports hernia. He missed yep. the first five games of the season after having surgery. Uh, he came back, and he had some moments where he looked good. There was a game against Cincinnati where he had three receptions for 80 yards – a game against Miami, eight six receptions for 80 yards. And then just as he's starting to turn the corner a little bit, Lamar gets hurt. And now he's playing with Tyler Huntley. And he's still splitting snaps with Hollywood Brown. But over the final five games of the season, he did see about six targets a game. I, I, I'm just, I want to see what happens here because he is entrenched as the wide receiver one on this team. He's going to get a lot of targets and a lot of opportunity. And he's pretty young. He was a pretty good prospect coming out of college. We'll see. Uh, actually, it's it's interesting. Uh, we're just like on opposite teams today. Uh, I have Rashad Bateman as a dynasty buy. Um, okay. And the rec- and most recent uh, batch of dynasty ADP over on Dynasty League Football. Drafted as the wide receiver 22. He's only 22 years old. Uh, you know, he's six foot, 190 pounds. He's got... Uh, a much better build than I, I think we, you know, would say Marquise Brown had. Oh gosh, uh, yeah. yeah. Just based on uh, his his ability to maybe uh, prototype more as that alpha, still has plenty of speed. Uh, you know, I, I think the upside is to the moon here. I you know for all the question marks that we have about Marquise Brown and uh, you know what does his impact or what does his departure do I do think that you know the the Ravens are a very smart football team and I think that them trading away Marquise Brown although you know obviously he had requested the trade it wasn't like they were doing this out of the kindness of their hearts they weren't off I don't think they were offloading Marquise Brown I think um you know I think this move is kind of a, a vote of confidence in Rashad Bateman and his development as a wide receiver worried about volume I'm not concerned. Uh, Like, I know we talk endlessly about the low passing volume for the Baltimore Ravens, but Marquise Brown in each of the last two seasons had at least 100 targets, had 146 targets in 2021. That's insane. That is absolutely insane for one of the lowest passing volumes in the league. Ranked ninth among wide receivers and targets. Like, he had more targets than Jalen Waddle, who I think all of us have in our heads as the most like targetful. Um, like it just felt like Jalen Waddle led the league in targets last year. Marquise Brown had more. Like that's that's absolutely incredible for me. But looking at the prospect of Rashad Bateman, um, I'm I'm just I'm intrigued. He had a great dominator rating. Uh, 
college yards per reception, target share, breakout age, like all of those things tell us that Rashad Bateman should be a, uh, a solid, solid prospect if you're part of the analytics community. But, you know, when you have uh, the efficiency in the run, that opens up for things as efficiency in, in the receiving game. I, I just think the upside is is much higher than wide receiver 22 here. And that's why I'm buying, um, you know, the opportunity is there. It's really just the talent has to pan out. And yep. I think that's the question mark. Do you believe the talent pans out? And I do. There's also this question about volume that we should have, like how, how pass happy do we think the Ravens will be this year? Because in 2019, they had 400 passing attempts, uh, fewest in the NFL. 440. 2020, they had 406 passing attempts, fewest in the NFL. 2021, they actually had the ninth most pass attempts in the NFL at 611. Do uh, My guess is they're probably not going to repeat that. They're going to probably run the ball more. But I, I don't think this is an offense that's only going to throw the ball 400 times. Because when they were doing that, it's when they were winning 13 games a season. I still think the Ravens are a really good team. But I don't think their pass rate is going to be that low. So as long as they can be in the 550 range, I I, th- I don't see any reason why Bateman and Mark Andrews both can't get 100-plus targets and maybe even way more than that. But I want to run through his kind of ranking really quickly and just to see where you would buy it. You mentioned wide receiver 22 on Dynasty League Football. Let's go up and down a couple of these. You tell me who you'd rather have. Uh, Mike Evans, wide receiver 21, 28 years old. Uh, I'll still go with Mike Evans. Okay. I, I think I agree. Elijah Moore, who I absolutely love, wide receiver 20. I'll take Bateman. Yeah, see, I would take Bateman there just because way more targets, right? Um, wide receiver 19, Traylon Burks. Give me give Rashad, me Rashad Bateman. Bateman. Yeah. Garrett Wilson, wide receiver 18. I'll take Wilson. That one I can see. Drake London, wide receiver 17. I'll take Drake London. Okay. Uh, so you're up in about wide receiver 20, wide receiver 19. A couple of guys behind him. Any of these guys stick out to you? Jerry Judy, Devontae Smith, Hollywood Brown, Michael Pittman, Jamison Williams, Mari Cooper? I think I'd take him over most, most of those. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the valuation at around wide receiver 20 feels about right. Um, but I still think that the the upside there is significant enough. I, I think what you basically have to do, I think you have to throw his rookie season out of the window, go back to maybe your notes from 2021 and see how do I how did I value Rashad Bateman before his rookie season? Because yes, you know, given his injury, you know, given his the time missed at the beginning, all of those are valuable reps. Um, you know, I think this season the the rookie season is pretty much a wash so go back to what you were expecting from him and his career um and where you were valuing him last year and that's probably going to be around where you should value him this year Uh, uh, we should also mention though it's not like his rookie season was absolutely awful and we should i mean we should be concerned like he averaged 43 receiving yards a game again that's not what you're wanting from a first round pick but it's not like some other rookies that we've seen before that can't get on the field because they're just not ready or whatever. I I think I think there were signs in his rookie season 
that at least have me encouraged going forward, uh, especially when you consider he wasn't healthy in the first half of the season. So I'm overall, okay, pretty encouraged. I think uh, you might have swayed me. I might be going out and trying to send some offers. Look at us. We both, this is like a, a great show because you brought me over to your dark side. I brought you to my dark side. We're This is like what this, this show is all about. This is what Dynasty is all about. I think always learning something new and keeping an open mind because there are like dynasty is so fluid and Mm -hmm. you know keeping an open mind in terms of your evaluation of players um i I think can be so key to coming out with some of those w's um in in trades and you know in your league especially we want we want you to win those leagues absolutely um and by the way i just went to dynasty league football and looked at uh, some of the recent trades for Rashad Bateman. Oh my gosh, people are low on him. Go trade for him right now. I'll, I'll give you one to just kind of show you his value. Terrace Marshall in a late second round pick for Rashad Bateman. What? No. Yeah. I, I think people are really, really low. Here's one 205 for Rashad Bateman. Here's one 204 for Rashad Bateman. People are low on him. Uh, go out and send some offers, see what you can get. Yeah, and I would never have thought that that was even close to the value because I, that's where that's around where you were drafting him last season, and I thought that was far too low. Um, and now, I, are, are all of those trades after the Marquise Brown trade? Oh yeah, these these happened in May. I'm seeing one now: Irv Smith Jr. and DJ Chark for Rashad Bateman. Like people wow. are just out on Bateman after his rookie year, so. Go, go trade for him. Go trade. Can, I Don't guess, waste right? any more. Shut this podcast off right now and go <laughs> trade for Rashad Bateman. There you go. That's uh, good advice to have people turn away from our podcast. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I, agree. I agree with you. Uh, well, thank you guys for making Lockdown Dynasty your first listen today. Now make your second listen to Lockdown NFL Podcast, where our national NFL experts and insiders keep fans dialed in with the biggest stories and the latest news from around the league. Follow Locked On NFL every day on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. All the same places that you would get to Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. Check us out on YouTube. We've got videos going up there pretty quick, uh, often. You can follow the show at Locked On Dynasty. You can follow Kate at FFBallBlast, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. Enjoy your Memorial Day weekend, and we'll see you guys next time.